We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We are back here on Radio Row in Las Vegas ahead of Super Bowl 58. And man, oh man, United Airlines, thank you, thank you, thank you down in Washington, Dulles. Yep. We saw our guy yesterday, Sarah, and uh, we ended up kind of having a good time. And boy, it could have gone in a completely different direction. We'll get to that in just a second. Former Ravens cornerback Dominique Foxworth joins us, ESPN's finest these days. All right, just let everybody know what happened on the flight. Whoa. I mean, <laughs> the part where we almost died or the oh. part where somebody stole my bag? Which Bro. one do you want to talk about? Listen, it was tur- I didn't even, tell oh, I didn't about even hear about yeah. this. Oh, you didn't? Oh, uh-uh. turbulence. So, like, I'm yes, I'm a cool guy. I've been on enough flights to know there will be a little bit of turbulence. So there was a little bit of turbulence. Then there was a lot of turbulence. And then, you know, everyone says, like, you got to look at the flight attendants <laughs> to make sure that they're calm, which means you should be calm. Yeah. The pilot got on while we shake. He's like, everybody, <laughs> sit down. starts freaking out you yes. can't freak out if yes. you're the pilot yeah. and sarah we, we so we both had window seats uh, and uh he, you were 35 i was 36 so we were smack dab right but he was in front of me i was behind him or op- opposite or whatever i kept seeing him like you were like messing around with your hair like i could tell like, you were just like what is going on right now a little fidgety a little antsy i was the same way with you that was some serious turbulence and then and your bag got stolen like, oh yeah yeah so um i get up to get my bag and then it's it's not there. There's a bag that looks similar to mine, oh, but no. it has a tag on it. And I'm like, that's not mine. So I just stay on the flight. So everybody gets off to see what else is on there. And you actually, Bobby walks off and sees my bag because a friend of mine grabbed my bag. He didn't yeah. grab it because he's my friend. He grabbed it because it's the same exact <laughs> bag, but I didn't have a tag on it. So I got lucky because then I was thinking like, Okay, I guess I'm going shopping. And I didn't know yeah. he knew you at the time. So I'm like, yo, I think that's. <laughs> so oh, like, yeah. oh, I thought you knew that we knew each other. No, no, uh, not at the yeah. time. So anyway. Good start. Good start to a Vegas vacation. Yeah. Goodness All gracious. All right. Well, let's let's transition into the Ravens here. Just what happened? What happened? Because this, this is now like a gut punch. 2019, you feel like you have the best team. You have the best record. Now it's 2023. You're healthy. You have the best record. In your estimation, what happened? The toughest part about this one, so I went to the game. My son is a big Ravens fan, and he, okay. he was very upset. We sold our Super Bowl tickets because he was ready to come out here. He didn't want to come to see the stupid Chiefs, is his words. <laughs> but um, uh, I think this was a little bit more painful than the 
the 2019 one because yeah. there was something about this team, the versatility on offense and like the dynamism you saw in the past, like they could get stuck because if someone was able to put out what their offense was before, there was like no counterpunch. But we saw that this team had a counterpunch. We saw it last round yes. where they were like, all right, you guys going to blitz us. You're going to do this. We'll, we'll do that. And in this game, it, feel, it felt like they never got to uh, – they never – like modified their game plan right and or i guess modify suggests some sort of advancement when most people just wanted them to bring it back to like classic football and run the ball so it was encouraging to see how well the defense played but sad because they're never going to get a team as good as that one like it's rare to get a team as good as that team was so doesn't mean they can't win one because we're seeing the chiefs make a run last year and this year with teams that neither team i think is better than the ravens were this year even though they beat them so We'll see what happens as major- Lamar continues to mature and uh, and Zay continues to mature, which I think yeah. uh, is an important part of where this team is going to go forward. But it's still optim- optimism for the team going forward because yeah. you have the hardest pe- part figured out. Yeah. That's the quarterback. As long as you have that figured out, everything around it, uh, everything else around it should be a little bit easier. So I'm curious for your perspective on this, just because I think when you when you live in a town or you live in a fan base that is this consistent, right, and this this much of a just everything is stable, yeah. right? And so you know this. You can speak firsthand to it, being that you played for the organization. But uh, there's been some noise around John Harbaugh's job. And, and again, you just hate from to, the fan base, not say, from actual reports or anything. Right. Yeah, you, you yeah. hate to say that. You hate to give too much of a voice to the vocal minority in some cases. Obviously, frustrations are high. They felt like they they had the team to go the distance, and I think we can all agree they did have the team yeah. to go the distance. Can you can you speak to what John Harbaugh means to this organization and, and where you think he is at his tenure? All of a sudden, the second longest tenured head coach in the league. Yeah, I mean, I remember the last time there was some noise around him. Lamar reeled off three. He came off the bench as a rookie and reeled off six wins in a row, I think. And then everybody got quiet. So I think <laughs> the stability matters. And it's not the NBA where there is big, long series and you decide who wins exactly. by the best game. It's single elimination. And you can have a slip-up. The most important thing that you can do is consistently be in the hunt and be in good position. And he's done that. And he's also proven that he can take a team all the way to the championship. So if there's some argument that his message has gotten old or something like that, that's something that I can't speak to because I'm not in the locker room. But you can't really base it on results considering how consistently successful they've been, the transitions that they've made offensively and the the defense. We talked about how the offense has uh, a couple different punches now when it seemed like they had one before. The same is true for the defense because they went from being the blitz-happy, man-coverage, kind of one-punch defense to now being dynamic with simulated pressures, blitzes, and cover six. It's a, it's a really complex defense that can address any um, offense that they see. So to have a coach that can manage all that and still be flexible in the draft to make decisions like it, it's hard for me to imagine they'll find a better one somewhere else. So maybe I'm just risk averse, but anybody in the fan base, I'd I'd like to understand what the specific criticism of him is. And I I mean, I'm not a like, like a Harbaugh apologist. Like I'd be willing to accept it if it were, if someone was able to present something to me that feels legitimate, but there seems to be no specific uh, here's the, you know, here's the two things I'll Sarah give it to you because yeah, yeah. I you know we get it on Twitter all the time yeah, okay so the first one is in game management that there seems to be like just dropping the ball like badly like and the it's Colts not game this the Colts year, game uh, yeah. in particular and so like that and then the second thing is more just what we're both talking about with 2019 and 2023 and even to some extent 2020 that it's like you abandon your identity when you get punched in the mouth and so, like you said, they had the counter punch. Yeah. 2019, you didn't. 
Right. But that's why it feels worse this year. So it's more like, why Why did you forget? It wasn't just that, because this we did want to throw more with Lamar. That's yeah. been like the theme of the year. And yeah. he did take leaps this year. Not that he couldn't before, but right. he was given more of the keys. And I saw you making fun of the, the car analogy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh did you? Yeah. It didn't make sense to me. I was confused. Yeah. Was confused. yeah. So, but, but that's it. It's like, why is it in these big moments, it feels like as the coach, you should step in and say, hey, we got to like run more. Now, what he, his, his, his argument was, well, we were doing lots of RPOs, check with me's, right. all those types of things. So he didn't, he, he didn't want to throw Lamar under the bus and he was trying his best not to. But when you're demanding answers, that's what he's saying. He's like, but that's being decided at the line of scrimmage. Right. So that's his defense. Everybody else is like, but you're the head coach. You got to, you got to say, go run the ball. That's fair. And the question is, who are you going to get that's better? It's like the hard part to me. And I guess this year was the year where there were a lot more coaches out there than usual that are pretty good. But he is a Including one in-house, not yeah. to interrupt you. Yeah. Yeah. One in-house who's no longer uh, in-house out he's, in Seattle. Yeah. He's, oh, so people were calling for that? They oh, were, they oh, wanted that. Oh, oh, yeah. Now they're already moving oh. on to Zach Orr, though. They're like, again, maybe he's the guy then. We're, we're talking yeah. about it could be – we could be – discussing right now yeah. the vocal minority right. on Twitter. But I mean, it's, but, fair. it's fine yes. to talk about. I yes. just, I don't, um, maybe I'm risk averse, but like I like stability. And I think there's a risk that comes with becoming one of those teams. The same thing happens with quarterback and coach becoming one of those teams that thinks that you can always find the answer and a new hire and a quick fix when there are sometimes systemic issues that need to be addressed that aren't about changing the, the staff. And also sometimes you just lose. Cause like I mentioned, it's a single el elimination tournament and sometimes you lose. And the response to every loss, even though it's so disappointing to me, doesn't feel like the answer should be let's, let's uh, shake Burn up the house down. That's yeah. been really yeah. well run since the, uh, since yeah. its inception, fr frankly. So I don't know. I mean, I'm not the owner of the team. I don't even live in the city, so I don't hear all the crazy fan base, but I do recognize that it's an important job. It's a big job. You're going to get criticized. He can handle it. It's a, He's a big boy, but I wouldn't fire him. Listen, you, you get enough noise down in D.C. with that fan base, all right? He's a D.C. guy right <laughs> yeah, now. Exactly, so, exactly. so we, we all know that. At least there's some stability perceived to be on yeah, the horizon we'll going on we'll there see. in Washington. We'll see. Uh, speaking of the punches, though, that topic, I, I think – when we got on the post game the other night, I, I thought that they lacked a counter punch that night to getting punched in the mouth. Yeah, I mean, I, they didn't have an answer to getting down from behind, getting punched in the mouth, getting Which beat the line funny, of scrimmage. Which is funny, interrupt because they did the week before against right. Houston. Yes, they yes, adjusted at halftime. Why, what happened in this yes. one is the question. Yes. Sorry. Oh, the big picture question is: while they did absolutely have a counter throughout the season when it mattered most, and it was do or die, they didn't, and they abandoned their calling card. They abandoned their DNA. And that's what has people at a loss for words, whether it's Todd up in the booth, whether it's John ultimately, who's the CEO or anywhere else in between. How does that happen when you have your one of your best seasons in franchise history, regular season wise? Yeah, I can't speak to the specifics of the situation. I think you mentioned some things about Lamar making decisions at the line. That mm -hmm. might be part of it. But I think when you go into a game plan with an idea of how you're going to attack a defense, it's hard to come off of it. And I think the reason why mm -hmm. they switched uh, – last week was because it was obvious like the problem was <laughs> yeah. we can't do anything with the blitz how do we address this blitz we answer here so like if the the um, chiefs were loading the box or at least uh showing a loaded box early on the check is never going to be to run the ball in that situation i think people wanted them just to override what the offense would suggest but when you have a quarterback who's been throwing the ball better in an offense that is designed to attack uh 
more through the air and they're showing you defenses that are more designed to stop the run, then I think you're going to be incentivized to say, even if this play didn't work, that's the right play for the situation. And I think that would be the argument to defend them is like, just because something doesn't work once, if you get the look that you want, doesn't mean that you give up it, give up on it all together and then put yourself in a disadvantaged situation. Now, looking back at it after you lost, if they hit some of those plays, we look back and say they stuck with the decision or they stuck with taking what the defense was giving them. But now we look back at it and say they should have changed. So, I, I mean, having been in those situations, uh, I think it's easy. It's a lot easier from the outside. And I did this after the game. I was on board with everybody else. What the hell are they doing? This is, doesn't make sense. But I think at this, like, second time around addressing this game, it's fair to accept or to be honest about, these are smart, talented coaches. They yeah. didn't just walk out there and say, huh? Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. We have no idea what to do. I assume <laughs> that these decisions, and we did see the defense make adjustments through the course yeah, of the they game did. and continue to, to get better. They couldn't do it on offense, though. And the crazy part is they were still in the game. <laughs> they were still in the game. Yeah, they were never they were down the more game. than 10 yeah. points. It felt like a three-possession game. game throughout yeah. the entire contest. Right down yeah. to, to Zay fumbling. And, like, even after that, they still felt like they had a chance until um, Patrick hit that pass to MBS. So, yeah. Yep. And and that's the coach you want to move on from? <laughs> it just seems, it seems crazy to me. But Anybody um, we talk that's not in Baltimore says yeah. the same thing as you. It's like this is this is bananas. Well, yeah. let's take a step back real quick. I want to talk more about Lamar. What did you see from him this year? And is there like more meat on the bone that he could still bite off to even take another step? Yeah, I I think what the progress that I've seen from Lamar, and I don't know if it's it's been like gradual, so it's not all this year, but it does seem that he has more control of the game. And I think we often mm-hmm. hear like the game manager thing as like a pejorative um label but I think it's something that you earn as you you develop for some players as you go forward I think Mahomes was very much managing the game while he was out there and I think Lamar is doing that too where you see him very tactful with how he runs and also very cautious in the passes that he throws so like that's an advancement but you gotta sometimes know when you gotta flip that purdy switch and do some dumb stuff like every now and then you have to take a chance and I I see the game and I watch it. I always watch them all over again on the all 22. And I see windows that some quarterbacks will attack that Lamar has the arm strength to attack, but he doesn't. And the indecisiveness, some, I guess it's more like he wants to be in control of the game. It seems like, but he's never been a scrambler, which I think is something that people don't think about because when he does scramble, they're explosive. When they're designed runs, they're incredible. Right. But Lamar, I remember going back to Louisville, Lamar wanted to stay in the pocket. Yeah. And so that's the thing that I see from him that's like the next evolution is either rip that ball into that tight window or tuck it and go. And yeah. I saw that in this game where it's like, all right, Olad's good, but you're kind of amazing yeah. at, at running the ball. So, like, yeah. go right ahead and attack right. it. And it's it's not a um, it's it's not a habit that's easy to break. And I, I think the other thing about ripping into those small windows is he's not the most accurate as far as like pinpoint accuracy, which is fine. Every quarterback has their own weaknesses and he has way more strengths than weaknesses. So I don't mean it to be like harsh criticism of him, but that might also weigh into why he doesn't always feel comfortable ripping it into those tight windows, which I'm good with the tuck and run. Cause sometimes right. people aren't going to be open and that sack fun- fumble in that game was, uh, was crushing. Yes. This is really interesting that he's bringing this up because this sort of speaks to our conversation about the reluctance. We didn't think it was fair to label him as a reluctant runner or a reluctant scrambler. 
But are you are you saying that he kind of is based on the film that you're watching at all 22? I always thought he was. Like even coming out of college, I recognize. I wrote an article, Mina Kimes and I. I'm talking about this. Year, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about no, this no. year compared to years past in the NFL. Uh, I don't know if it's yeah. I don't know if it's this year compared to years past. It's just always who he's been. It's like if you run a design, run with him. He's gonna crush it. If you do a drop back, he's going to be reluctant to scramble, which is fine. That's how you hit Zay Flowers on that one. And Zay was open at the beginning of that play. He was looking to the other side. But his reluctance to tuck and run is how they got that big touchdown. I think it's a hard thing to do in practice. It's always easier for us to look at after it's happened and say, oh, you should have done this. But being able to know the right times, because we saw those um, underneath coverage guys getting more and more depth and playing zone. Like, they rarely play man unless they're blitz. When they're playing zone, they get a lot of depth. And Lamar's waiting for somebody to come open on a, a dig window or something, and they're 10 yards away. And it's like, you could get six before anybody's close to you, and then they can't tackle you. You could get 12 before you have to slide. <laughs> and that's and this feels unfair to me from, like, bird's eye view to come back and say this now. Yeah. But I also am like, I kind of wish – that sometimes he just put it under his arm and get it. And then he doesn't – he's really smart with um, when he puts his body at risk, too. So yes. I'm not yeah, concerned exactly. about him getting injured. As many quarterback injuries he had this year, yeah. Lamar's like the least of my worries. Yeah. So so just to sum that up then, just because we talk about him daily, obviously. So while you feel like that's fine that you're not like a, a Tom Brady and fitting yeah. it into windows, fine, then – tuck it and go like you gotta go which is funny because when he talks he says i'll do whatever it takes to win the game right but you're saying on tape it looks like he's a reluctant scrambler yeah 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 he's won a lot of games so like it's hard to question them i understand that you guys (laughs) talk about nitpicking every day so like you get to the point where you have to be nitpicky but like He's going to be the MVP of the league, guys. It's yeah. ridiculous for me to be over here like saying, yeah. you know what Lamar really needs to do to get better? He doesn't really need to get better. Yeah. Like there's one or two plays here or there that we could hope that he could make to take that next step. But Lamar is one of the best quarterbacks in football, the best quarterback probably in Ravens history. I know he doesn't have a Super Bowl yet, so that might people might disagree, but the impact that he's had on this team, yeah. and I think part of the reason why they've been consistently good since he's been there, it's because he does take a lot of pressure off of a lot of other positions on, on the offense. It makes life a little bit easier when uh, pass rushers are reluctant to to, run, to like go full up the field and when the defense can only run certain defenses because they don't want to turn their back to him. Like He makes life easier. His impact on the team is huge. But there's still more. There's always yeah, more that there's you can always do. More. And I think uh, when you're the quarterback, that's the way that the uh, expectations are going to fall on you to improve. Did you see enough from OBJ this year if the money's right to, that it would make sense for him to be back next year? Oh, I mean, you said the key phrase, the money's right. It's, <laughs> it's okay to bring everybody back. Yeah. yeah. Not what he was on this year, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah, that, that um I don't think that his his production lived up to the amount of money that he spent on this year, but I think also there's something to be said for veteran presence in a locker room and uh, again, having not been on that team, just from watching the game on the sideline, it does feel like Odell um, commands some level of respect and does take on some leadership value. Again, I don't know what that's worth, but I know that's something that Ozzy was always aware of and and thought of is like who is going to be in our locker room and who is going to like be the ambassador for the culture day to day. And I don't know that Odell's one of those guys, but he sure seems like it sometimes. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Flip over on the other side of the field. I I would hate to not have you give your expertise on the DBs. So let's start with uh, Hamilton. All pro in his second year. What's his ceiling? I don't know. Jesus and Cleese. <laughs> the guy is really special. I think one of the – he reminds me so much of, like, Debo Samuel, which is a weird comparison, but I'm sure you guys, since you watched him, see how important the flexibility is. Mm. And it's one of the reasons why they play well against the 49ers and one of the reasons why they play well against all those um, Shanahan schemes is a lot of those schemes are designed to put players or put teams in conflict. So they have versatile players like Kittle and, like, McCaffrey and, like, Debo Samuel – what they'll do is put all those guys on the field at the same time. And normally if you have a running back and two receivers, people will come out in base. But if you have a guy like Christian and Debo, which are technically, they can play running back or receivers. You can change your personnel to give you an advantage in any way. And so defensive coordinators are freaking out when they put you out there and they're going to force you to be wrong. They're like, all right, mm-hmm. we'll be a nickel because we think you're going to pass it. They'll run it with the same personnel grouping. Right. It the same way. But when you have Kyle Hamilton, no stress. Kyle can solve all their problems. I'll put Kyle in man coverage against the best tight end in football and be completely comfortable. Yeah. I'll put him in the box uh, as an inside linebacker. Completely comfortable. comfortable. Deep middle safety. Fine. Blitz him off the edge. Sure. But like, I, it's just, even when he's not making plays, just his ability to be out there is just, it relieves so much stress when you have a guy that, and you see it, you saw it so often with um, like the Cowboys. You see the Cowboys trying to stop the run. They can't stop the run because they are they have uh, pass rushers on the D-line and they have smaller linebackers and they have a personnel grouping out there because they want to be a nickel. Kyle Hamilton can fix all those problems. And even if he's not making interceptions, causing fumbles, just by merely be, being out there, you cannot create a mismatch. It's, he's incredible. Yeah, he's, he's awesome. So you talked about bringing Odell Beckham back if the money is right. I don't know when Kyle's up, but... There is no number that's too big because his value is a number of positions to me, having him on that team. Better start planning ahead. What a place to start on the defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Goodness. Okay, then you get to the the second level. And, oh, wait, Roquan's waiting for you. Right. Roquan. Maybe the best duo in football. San Francisco would have something to say about that in terms of inside linebackers this past season with PQ playing alongside him. I think we're all expecting Trenton Simpson to kind of be that guy out of Clemson in year two next year, be seeing as how PQ command is, yeah. is going to command yeah. a ton of money with what he just put on film this year uh, at, a, at an all-pro level. So just what Roquan's done for this yeah. team, not only DNA-wise uh, with sort of that Ray tone setter type yep. of mentality, 
uh, but also his on-field play. You yeah. can't put a price tag on it. Yeah, I think the tone setter stuff is kind of obvious, but the on-field stuff is more difficult to, I think, see because they get mixed up in there and they take away passes that they that people don't throw. I saw Patrick Queen do a number of times in the game where uh, they, I think it was the Texans game, they caught like a deep dig. The next time they ran that play, it was probably a coach's adjustment and Patrick being able to execute it. He just turns and fronts it up and runs down and takes away the dig. Linebackers can't do that. Same thing with Roquan in the play action. His ability to read yeah. the offensive line. Again, it's something that you don't, a regular fan or even I don't notice in just watching the game, but you go back and watch it and you're like, he's never wrong. You watch these Shanahan style offenses against most linebackers is they just feast against getting linebackers in zone coverage and showing them the run. And then they dive up and take away the run, and then they drop it in the middle field behind them. Or vice versa, they're slow to attack the run because they're afraid to play action. And then the double team is able to climb up to them more quickly. And it's like that split second, that instinct and that film study, and that preparation and understanding that this is like elephants on parade is what our coach used to tell us where the O-line would all turn to the side and start running this way instead of going downfield yeah, yeah, yeah. to try to convince you that it's a running play. And it's it sounds like it's easy to recognize, and it is easy to recognize when you are watching film like I am on slow motion, but in full action, like it's a split-second decision. Yeah. And to keep Trent Williams off of you or not, you have to read run pass quickly. And Roquan just never seems wrong. It's amazing to me. All right, well, we've had you for a few minutes here, so I just want to finish up with this last question. Yep. The the cornerback room, going forward, Marlon Humphrey, I know he had a little bit of a down year, was dealing with injuries. You got Stevens on the other side. Is there a, is there a corner that you'd like to see to come in to kind of, or a type of corner to come in and kind of compliment those guys? Yeah. Darby was great. He was a one-year yeah. deal. It'd be nice to get him back, but how do you feel about the CB room going yeah, forward? I love it. I mean, I okay. think they're really good and really smart. I think uh, – there's a physical ability that you have to have to play corner that I think is higher than just about any other position in football. I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> you can speak to it. <laughs> Which I think that they have, but then I think playing in this defense requires an intelligence that not yeah. all corners have. And so I think those are the type of corners I would want to see is the, the really, really smart ones. If you give up some of the physical ability, I like that. Because sometimes you get there, they'll have the corners because they want um, – Kyle to run across or to match up with something, the corners end up playing safety on occasion. I saw that a couple of times in last week's game. And so to have the ability to do that or to drop and play a deep half from the corner position, like those sorts of things based on formations, based on motions, those things are, they can be difficult when things are happening fast. So corners that are smart and have experience. So young guys, I don't know about that. We'll, we'll see. Uh, okay. Maybe they're special young guys, but I want, I'd rather have guys with experience in that position. Let everybody know what you got coming up on the pod. Uh, more stories about Vegas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, so there's been some crazy stuff happening around here since I've been here. I've I'm just glad we made it, right? I'm just glad we made it. I've only been here for 24 hours. There's some crazy stuff. <laughs> but, yeah, we're going to start to do a little bit more basketball, but then we're going to also recap the season and the football season and talk about what the teams need to do to get better, all that sort of stuff. You know, off-season business. Always, We man. got the draft coming. So much fun you stuff. You know that's going to be fun. Always. Great to see you guys, though. Thank awesome. you. Good to see awesome. you. Former yeah. Ravens cornerback Dominique Foxworth, kind enough to 24 minutes and counting. We kept oh, you a little perfect. bit longer. So Perfect. We appreciate you. More coverage coming up from Super Bowl 58 here in Las Vegas. <laughs>